the method also allows for the inclusion of minimally processed foods that can support clients in the kitchen. Foods like jarred tomato sauce, frozen pizza crust, pre-chopped produce, frozen meatballs, instant oatmeal, and frozen waffles. What I love about this framework is the flexibility it brings to the table, literally, while still considering specific foods that translate nutrition prescriptions into what's on your client's plate. Welcome to the Nutrition Content Creator Podcast. This is where health and wellness professionals come to nail their nutrition content game, scale their practices, and get clients the results they are looking for. Get ready to unlock your potential as a nutrition professional. I'm your host, Jeannie Petrucci, registered dietitian, nutritionist, culinary coach, and expert nutrition content creator. And I'm super excited to go on this journey with you, supporting you with actionable steps you can take to save time and become more competitive. In this podcast, I'll provide you with solutions. I'll be sharing my knowledge and expertise on how to create compelling, dynamic nutrition content that attracts, serves, and retains your ideal clients. Content that also supports you with growing your practice. Let's get into today's episode. Before we get started, if you have not listened to episode number 13, you may want to visit that conversation before participating in this one. We talked about meal plans, best practices for using them, and how they can add value to your practice. Today, I wanted to take a deeper dive into our proprietary framework that actually precedes the development of any meal plan. It's called the Mealtime Method. We'll chat about what it is and how it compares to traditional meal planning methods and how you can use it in practice to cultivate meal planning autonomy with your clients. When I was counseling clients, meal planning was always part of the conversation. And you know how I knew I was successfully using this tool as part of my medical nutrition therapy? It was when the client came back to the counseling room announcing that they no longer needed to rely on the digital meal plan. That was awesome and always made me feel really good because autonomy should always be the goal as it is the only sustainable solution. When comparing the mealtime method to more traditional recipe-driven meal planning approaches, there are several advantages of our method. In traditional methods, meal planning often involves adhering strictly to predetermined recipes and portion sizes. While this can provide a structured plan, it often does not account for individuals' food preferences or encourage the development of independent meal planning skills. This can lead to a dependence on the meal plans, which, while useful initially, doesn't foster the self-sufficiency necessary for long-term dietary success. Also seen is the practice of giving clients lists of foods that they should eat. This leads to overwhelm and stress, particularly for those that lack culinary confidence. So what if we could educate clients on the foods that align with their nutrition prescription and translate these foods into simple, delicious recipes? This is where the magic happens. And if clients repeat the process often enough, they will soon be meal planning with joy and ease, making delicious meals and snacks that not only support their health goals, but honor their preferences. The mealtime method fundamentally shifts the approach to meal planning by focusing on building skills rather than just following recipes. This method encourages individuals to take ownership of their food choices and become active participants in their health journey. 
With the mealtime method, meal planning is seen not merely as a series of prescriptive recipes to follow, but as an opportunity to learn how to construct balanced meals and snacks based on personal taste and nutrition needs. It's about creating a diet that is sustainable and enjoyable in the long term, as well as being beneficial to health. The core idea is to equip clients with skills to transition from relying on predetermined meal plans to being able to create their own. Rather than solely providing a fish, the mealtime method teaches individuals how to fish, promoting dietary autonomy and fostering a healthier relationship with food. This comes with time and increased culinary confidence. The mealtime method streamlines the process of creating nutritionally balanced meals on a weekly basis, meals that support specific nutrition prescriptions. It is an innovative strategy that moves well beyond traditional meal planning. It promotes a more holistic view of food, prioritizing the quality and nutritional composition of ingredients rather than reducing them to data, such as caloric content or macronutrient percentages. This approach aligns with the modern understanding of nutrition science, which underscores the importance of the nutrition density and overall healthiness of our diet, rather than just the energy that it provides. Whenever my team and I are asked to create a meal plan around a particular protocol, we do not start with the recipes or the data. We start with whole foods that contain nutrients and compounds associated with driving positive outcomes for a particular nutrition prescription. We then use foods to create recipes and a plan that at the end of the day gets the right mix of foods on the plates of your clients. At its core, the mealtime method stratifies meal components into six critical categories, each with a suggested number of choices for the week. The number of choices does not reflect the number of servings. It just encourages variety. Clients can purchase multiple servings of different foods to create a week of nutrient-rich meals. Now let's review the categories for foods. The categories follow a six, five, four, three, two, one framework. The first category is low glycemic vegetables and that contains six selections for the week. These include vegetables with a lower glycemic index to support balanced blood glucose levels. Remember, we are using the nutrition prescription for prediabetes in our example. These types of foods are beneficial for energy management and weight control. They include foods such as leafy greens like romaine lettuce, kale, collard greens, uh, Swiss chard, and also includes things like broccoli, cauliflower, cucumbers, and bell peppers. The next category includes five selections for the week. These are starchier vegetables and whole grains. They are rich sources of complex carbohydrates that supply the body with sustained energy. They are often packed with dietary fiber and promote digestive health, as well as promote a sense of satiety. Think along the lines of sweet potatoes, beans and legumes, lentils, winter squash, quinoa, and whole grain products like whole grain bread and whole grain pasta. The next uh, food category is fruit, and there are four selections for the week. Fruits, besides providing natural sweetness to meals, are treasure troves of essential vitamins and minerals, and they also contain potent antioxidants. The options here are vast, including berries, citrus fruits, apples, and bananas. Fruits can play an important role in the snack and breakfast categories of meal planning. The next category is proteins, and it includes three selections for the week. Proteins play a critical role in building and repairing tissues, manufacturing hormones, and supporting immune function. 
They also contribute to the feeling of fullness after a meal. Proteins can come from both animal and plant sources, such as chicken, fish, tofu, dairy, or eggs. The next category is healthy fats, and there are two selections for the week. We like to focus on whole food sources of healthy fats for this category. Healthy fats are integral for vitamin absorption and protecting vital organs, such as heart and brain. Foods in this category include avocados, nuts, and seeds, which are excellent sources of healthy fats. The final category is flavor enhancers and seasonings. This is one to two selections per week. This category includes dressings, sauces, marinades, or spices that amplify the taste and pleasure of meals. By adding layers of flavor to meals, they help make nutritious eating a more enjoyable and sustainable habit. The flavor enhancers and seasonings in this category can be either homemade or purchased. It's no mistake that the mealtime method is heavy on plant foods, as evidence suggests that a diet rich in plant foods is health-promoting and disease-protective. By providing structure, yet allowing flexibility within these categories, the mealtime method promotes diversity in meal planning, ensuring an optimal mix of essential nutrients while catering to individual tastes and preferences. Lastly, the method also allows for the inclusion of minimally processed foods that can support clients in the kitchen. Foods like jarred tomato sauce, frozen pizza crust, pre-chopped produce, frozen meatballs, instant oatmeal, and frozen waffles. What I love about this framework is the flexibility it brings to the table, literally, while still considering specific foods that translate nutrition prescriptions into what's on your client's plate. The method uniquely considers both taste preferences and nutritional needs. With your guidance, clients are given the freedom to plug foods they enjoy into each category. While doing this, they are also educated on the different categories and how they can contribute to the transformation that they're looking for. Let's take a look at how it works when creating a four-week meal plan. In the content cure this week, I am including some worksheets for you to complete this exercise. Step one, the nutrition prescription. We start with the nutrition prescription, the evidence for a particular condition. For this exercise, we're going to be using the nutrition prescription for prediabetes. Evidence suggests that people who are prediabetic can reduce the risk of developing diabetes and improve the management of blood sugars by consuming a diet that contains lower glycemic index foods, antioxidant rich foods, and foods that are high in fiber. Step two is preferences. Once the nutrition prescription has been identified, we then assess the client's preferences. The category I saw most clients struggle with was the low glycemic vegetable list. So I created a preference sheet to guide them through making selections for this category. Once they checked off what they liked, filling in the method for four weeks was easy. I am including this low glycemic index vegetable list for you in the content cure this week. Other things to consider, is a client a vegetarian? Do they have allergies? What cultural foods are important for them to include? Step three is making the selections for your framework. This is the fun part, actually filling in the framework with the whole foods for each category. Keep in mind that not all foods will be cooked as part of a recipe. Finger foods like cucumbers, carrots, and raspberries can be utilized for no-cook snacks and breakfasts. 
including plenty of colors, will also ensure a variety of antioxidants are represented. Once the framework is filled in, take a broad look across the categories, and you'll likely see some natural pairings that would come together really nicely for simple meals. I always found it easiest for clients to start with the protein category. The visual that I'm going to be using for this exercise is included in the content cure, but it is also on the website at livingplaterx.com on the podcast tab for this episode. So we're going to take a look at the protein category for this week for prediabetes, and it includes chicken, shrimp, and tofu. So for the shrimp, I can see that that would pair really nicely with the lemon garlic marinade in the seasonings category. We could also pair it with broccoli from the low glycemic index vegetable category and whole grains from the starches category. So we now have a shrimp with a lemon garlic marinade with broccoli and whole grain pasta. With the chicken, we can pair that with the barbecue seasoning from the seasoning category, and we can roast it with butternut squash from the vegetables category. The plant-based protein for this week is tofu, and that would pair really nicely in a stir fry with bok choy and carrots from the vegetable category and sesame seeds from the fat category. For a vegan salad, we could make kale from the vegetable category with roasted sweet potatoes from the starchier vegetables category, pecans from the fats category, and the lemon garlic dressing from the seasonings category. Step four is creation of the meal plan. It is only at this point when you can start selecting recipes that support a given nutrition prescription and begin creating a meaningful meal plan. This is where the digital meal planner serves as the ultimate resource. Search ingredients on the list from within your recipe box and begin populating the planner. You do not need to include all foods. And as you navigate through the development of the meal plan, you and the client may even want to edit the original list. Sometimes recipes can inspire the inclusion of other appropriate foods. It's easiest to start with dinner as this is the meal people spend most time on during the day. I do not recommend you select a full week of dinners. Begin with two to three and recommend that clients increase the number of servings to enjoy leftovers for the next day. Then fill in lunch with leftovers and simple no-cook recipes and proceed to breakfasts and snacks, always referring back to your list. You will note that items like onions, garlic, yogurt, cottage cheese, cheese, and other kitchen and pantry staples do not appear frequently on our pre-populated lists. This is because they are almost always included in recipes or as a component to snacks. Feel free to edit and include if you want clients to focus on these foods. Step five is repeat. Once your client has completed two weeks of the mealtime method, they will know if they are selecting the right types of recipes. This is where the counseling process is critical. Use motivational interviewing to investigate their confidence and success in hitting some key goals. Were they able to make three snacks from the plan? How did dinners go? Make adjustments and move forward until your clients find their sweet spot and have a repertoire of recipes that work for them. You can move forward with week number two or simply repeat week number one again with different recipes. If you have used the method properly and provided adequate support by the end of a four-week period, your client's confidence should be soaring. 
Let's summarize our conversation today about using an evidence-based approach to meal planning. The mealtime method offers several advantages over traditional meal planning approaches, which are often rigid and don't account for personal food preferences. Traditional methods can lead to dependency on meal plans and overwhelm, particularly for those who lack culinary confidence. The mealtime method shifts the focus to building meal planning skills, encouraging individuals to take ownership of their food choices. The core idea behind the method is to equip clients with the ability to create their own meal plans based on their personal tastes and nutritional needs. The mealtime method focuses on creating meals that are nutritionally balanced and palatable and that align with specific nutrition prescriptions. The method also promotes dietary diversity and allows for the inclusion of minimally processed foods that can support clients in the kitchen. It provides flexibility in meal planning, allowing for the integration of individual food preferences, dietary needs, cultural foods, and lifestyle factors. The aim is to help clients develop a repertoire of recipes and dietary habits that work for them and that can be maintained in the long term. And now we're on to the portion of the show that I know many of you look forward to, your content cure for this week. For this episode, we've put together a guide to using the mealtime method, plus some additional tools. In this content cure, you'll find guidance for using the mealtime method in practice as part of your nutrition care process, as well as some resources you can use with clients, like the method worksheets, pantry and kitchen guides, and a low glycemic vegetable preference sheet. You can access all the resources by clicking the link below in the show notes. Start exploring and let us know how you're implementing the mealtime method in your practice. If you have found this episode and resource helpful, please leave a rating below as it will help us reach even more practitioners to support them on their journey to meeting their content creation goals. I look forward to seeing you all again next week. That's it for today. Thank you for joining me. I trust that you found value in this episode. Be sure to follow this podcast and remember to download your resources in the show notes. Visit us at livingplaterx.com for complete show notes and access to all the evidence-based nutrition content you need to create a thriving practice that serves up the most delicious and irresistible content your clients are looking for. And don't forget to tune in again next Tuesday as we continue to explore the latest trends in nutrition content marketing.